Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Going to head out to the West Her Hotline right now. My other sideline brother from another mother talked with TJ Reeves down in Tampa a little while ago. Now it's John Harris, sideline reporter for the Houston Texans on the Texans radio network. What is going on, my man? How are you? Oh, Sal, I'm doing well, man. I think you uh, said it very, very well. All of us that are in the, in the business, if you will, of putting our voice on the radio talking in front of a microphone every day. It's not heavy lifting for us, man. It's just what we do. So if there's any moment where we can uh, take people kind of away from, you know, anything they're feeling and talk about the Bills, the Texans, the Bucks, or whatever it might be, man, then um, if, that's, if that's my role in all this, then I'm, I'm definitely happy to play that, man. I hope you're doing well. I am. Let's start with the personal stuff. How are you and the family holding up over there in Houston? Uh, hanging in there, man. It's, uh, you know, it's tough. My daughter's a senior in high school. So uh, her prom got canceled. Jeez. Uh, have, I, I don't know about graduation. I mean, they're they're hanging on to all kinds of hope for graduation. But you know, it's uh, it, it was just one of those things where she's having a really good senior year on a, on a number of different levels, and just looking to finish it up strong. And then she was going to go out to LA. They're still planning on going to LA at some point. She's an actress, and so she wants to give LA a shot for at least a year uh, before going to college. And I'm all, I'm all about doing it, and so we're kind of kind of holding pattern. But you know, everybody's healthy, and that's the most important thing. So uh, we're we're hanging in there. How's everybody in the Capaccio household, my friend? Uh, we're good. We're good. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have a first grader, uh, as you know, and uh, he's keeping yeah. me entertained every day. I've I've been <laughs> the stay at home teacher in the morning, getting him ready while my wife has to do some work. Then in the afternoon, uh, him and I, you know, we'll play some stuff and things like that. We're we're playing knee hockey upstairs a lot, but you know, he's a big sports guy and. Uh, he was signed up, ready to start lacrosse, ready to start flag football, baseball. You know, all that's not going to happen at this point. And I know he's bummed about that, but right now I'm trying to just keep him as entertained as possible. On your daughter, like how, like how is she handling all that? You know, not going to a prom's got to be a big deal. You know, for a senior, but is she more of a optimistic, positive type of person that tries to, you know, plug through that, or have you really tried to have her, you know, do your best to keep her hanging on there? Uh, kind of a mix of both. I mean, she's she's got she's more positive by nature uh, than I think mo- all of us in the house really. But you know, there have been times where I just I look over and and I catch her and uh, you know the day that she found out about prom, you know, I yeah. I just looked over there and she had a couple of tears coming out of her eyes and you know I've had to be very you know reassuring as a lot of parents have been. Um, you know, senior year going off to whatever, you know, kids are going to do the next year. It's always a change anyways. You know, you've been around high school students and I, 
you know, taught a bunch of seniors. And this was always a hard time for them as it was because they'd be excited about going off to college, but they're like, man, I got to go off my own. So, you know, we were already kind of planning for some of that anyways. And, and so we're kind of in that mode of, look, it's going to be okay. We're going to get it. We're going to get everything figured out. We're going to, you know, you're going to be able to get off to LA and you're still young. I mean, she's young for a senior. She turned 18 until uh, late June. So, oh, wow. uh, you know, she's, she's got, she's got some time. And that's why I keep telling her, I'm like, look, I didn't get into this whole radio business till I was 35. I was like, you're going off to LA no later than the age of 18. <laughs> so you're going to be well ahead of the game. So just, Stay true to it. If it's a little bit slower because all this is going on, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. You're uber talented. Just just stay strong and, and everything will be okay. And so she's had some kind of tough moments. Yesterday was a really hard moment for everybody in the family. Uh, but we, we kind of we got through it and, you know, just going to kind of do that until, um, you know, hopefully things start to clear up and people start to get healthy. And that's obviously the most important part of all this. No doubt. And uh, good on you, man. You're being a great dad. You're being strong for her. And I love the fact that uh, you're, you're on board with her dreams and you're letting her go out to L.A. That's really cool. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be following that. You got to keep me updated on her progress as an actress now. That's super cool, man. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she was about I don't know how many people know movies and films, but there was a, uh, a movie called Boyhood uh, probably about, oh, I don't know, about six, seven years ago. Uh, done by Richard Linklater, who is from Houston. And he did this film and, and got critical acclaim. He was up for Academy Awards. Um, and he basically started a film when this kid was six, and then he filmed all the way through till he was 18. And this kid got a ton of critical acclaim on a film. And my daughter was going to be playing opposite him in a, in a film uh, on Lee Harvey Oswald. She was going to play Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald's wife, and she's learning uh, Russian to be able to do it and production has basically been put on hold until all this clears but um, there's been some good news on that that hopefully it is going to happen it's just a matter of time uh, before they can they can get that going but it's gonna be kind of cool because now she's starting to you know have some really interesting roles and play across from some people that that she recognizes uh, from things she's seen in movies so it's been been kind of cool Awesome stuff, man. Awesome. John Harris joining me on the West Her Hotline. He is the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, for the Houston Texans. Just had TJ Reeves from the Buccaneers on uh, an hour ago, but John is of the Houston Texans. Of course, they've made a lot of news this offseason. So, John, all right, so there's been a lot of criticism of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Then there's been a lot of things come out afterwards about reasons why it was made, and maybe it shouldn't be so critical. So let's separate fact from fiction. Let's rewind. Let's go back. You tell me, why was this trade made? Why was it? You know, maybe maybe why do people not have the right information and kind of take us through everything that's involved in this whole thing? Well, I think with any relationship and in the NFL, anything six, seven, eight years is a long relationship. I think when you have a relationship, and I've had a relationship with Bill O'Brien for for almost thirty years, so I I understand that there are going to be fits and starts in that relationship. And there are going to be times when it's, when it's great, and there are going to be times when it's tough. And I think DeAndre Hopkins, I think he learned that. I think he learned that you know, dealing with, with Bill is not the easiest thing. And I, I think that Bill found out that dealing with DeAndre wasn't always the easiest thing. You know, look, Hop was a, is a fantastic receiver. Um, but he did what he did on Sundays without practicing a whole heck of a lot. And I think the coaching staff saw a guy – in hop that wasn't practicing, uh, didn't really want to practice, 
and definitely would show up on Sundays, but in not practicing and not getting ready for the week, it was causing some disruption with what they were doing offensively and what they wanted to do offensively. And I think down deep, Bill O'Brien and his staff really looked at it and thought, we want to get faster. We need to get more explosive. Obviously, we have Will Fuller, you know, so we've got speed there. But we need to be across the board. We need to have twitch. We need to have guys that can just, uh, you know, help Deshaun with extended plays. Um, and, yeah, Hop, Hop was no doubt he was an amazing receiver. But what they noticed over the last couple of years was that the player that was getting double teamed was Will Fuller and that Hopkins was seeing a lot of single coverage. And they, they talked to people throughout the league. And as I talked to people throughout the league, I started hearing that too. I started hearing from teams, yeah, you know, look, Hop's a great 50-50 ball guy. You know, he's, you know, he's, a, he's a good receiver, but we don't fear him. I mean, the Colts, Colts flat out told me that. Um, I know people in the Colts organization are like, you know, we think that we can go one-on-one with Hopkins. Now, Hop had his days against the Colts at times, but they felt like they could go one-on-one against Hopkins. Like, what, what number one receiver in the league do you feel that about? So I think they felt like, to get any sort of value for him, they needed to move him now. They felt like the relationship was at a point where it needed to go now. Uh, and then they had to just come up with a plan for what they were going to do. Enter Brandon Cooks last night uh, in a trade with the L.A. Rams. So you look at it and go, okay, Cooks has had some concussion issues. Um, is he going to be able to be on the field? DeAndre didn't miss games. They missed a lot of practice. But they feel like with Cooks, they've added speed. They've added Twitch. They've added a guy that they can really rely on a locker room, a guy that Jack Easterby knew very, very well uh, from the New England Patriots. Uh, vouch for Brandon. I'm, I'm very sure of that. And now they look at it and say, how do you cover the four receivers that we have with the speed that we now have on the field if, if everyone stays healthy? And there is your $64 million question. Can this receiver group, finally stay healthy for a full 16 games or as close to possible. And that's going to be the challenge. And if it doesn't, then this experiment, so to speak, is going to blow up in Bill O'Brien and this organization's face. And there'll probably be a new leadership structure if that's the case, if these guys can't stay healthy. But if they do stay healthy, then we're going to be able to put up some bombs on people. Uh, it can be very scary offensively if these guys do stay healthy. So, that's that's kind of where we are with Sal. I do think with DeAndre that there was probably more behind the scenes that even I didn't know. But DeAndre even told me that he felt like people in the organization didn't didn't really like him. When I congratulated him on being a, a 99 on Madden, just kind of throwing it into our conversation, he got real serious. He looked at me and goes, bro, you're the only guy in this organization that said anything to me about that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hmm. And so it was those kind of things that, you know, I think Hot needed a little bit more reassurance along the way, and he certainly was not going to get that, um, you know, from a guy like Bill O'Brien. That's just, just not his nature. Uh, and I think Hop wanted a little bit of that. And when it didn't come, I think there were probably some some hard feelings along the way. So it was a complicated relationship that I think they felt like a break would be best for everybody involved. I think Hop wanted to get out of Houston, um, and so I think it satisfies those needs. But until last night, I think people didn't really see it. They didn't really get it. Then when they saw Brandon Cooks, they're like, okay, I can at least get it. I don't love it, but I can at least see what they're doing. Tell me about the value they got in return, and I'll piggyback that with 
Bill O'Brien being a head coach and a GM. And to me, a head coach is more about the here and now. Who are my guys? How do I coach them? A GM is more about looking at the future, kind of making sure you plan correctly for now and the future, the value. Did those two things intersect correctly here, and did they get the right value for him? Uh, yes and no. Um, I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a loaded one, Sal. I, I do think, and I, I talk to, I've talked to various people in our organization, different organizations, I talk to them about how they do it. You know, Chris Ballard is a guy that I've known for a long, long time. And, you know, when Ballard was looking for a GM job, you know, I've texted him every so often, like, can you just take the San Francisco job so I don't have to see your face twice a year? <laughs> and he kind of laugh and joke about it. He's like, you know, this is not the right fit. And then he takes the Indianapolis job where in Indianapolis, it's very clear Chris Ballard's making every personnel decision. Frank Reich has input, but Chris is making that personnel decision. And then Chris steps out of the way and lets Frank coach. And they have a really good way for how they're doing that. Other teams do it differently. And obviously the experience of our higher-ups is how New England did it. And that was Bill Belichick was making decisions uh, on, on everything. Now, I think there's one thing that makes the New England situation different from anybody else. And that is Belichick is not emotional about his players. He really isn't. He doesn't get emotional about his players, or if he does, and I know he cares for his players, but he's able to separate the emotion from what's best for that particular organization. I do think that if I were to run a team, I would want a GM and a head coach, or if my head coach made the decisions, I would want a guy next to him as GM, like the Saints do, Mickey Loomis, like the the Seahawks do with John Schneider next to Pete Carroll. Carroll and Sean Payton are going to make the decisions but John Schneider and Mickey Loomis have, a, have high levels of input to make sure that those things stay in balance. And that's kind of the role of Jack Easterby now, to make sure that the roles of GM and head coach stay in balance for Bill. I still think it's something that he's struggling with, that he grapples with. How do I make sure that this is a long-term decision versus short-term gain? And I know a lot of people pointed to the Laramie Tunsil deal last year. They're like, oh, he's all in, he's all in, he's the head coach, he's the GM, basically. He's doing this to help the team right now. Yes, but he didn't go out and get Trent Williams, who was 31. He went out and got Laramie Tunsil, who was 25 and under contract. You know, Brandon Cooks is just 26. They feel like if he stays healthy, that he's got three, four years in the tank. So they've tried to balance short-term versus long-term, but I know the deals of Jadeveon Clowney last year and DeAndre Hopkins this year, people have said, oh, yeah, the emotion got in the way, and because of that, they didn't get much of a return on those trades. Well, in hindsight, you look at it now and go, well, who's, who's out there signing Jadeveon Clowney? Are you sure his market was exactly what you thought it was? Because nobody's out there racing to sign Clowney at the money that Clowney wants, so maybe the market was not that significant for a guy like Jadeveon Clowney, like people in Houston wanted everybody to believe. So I do think for DeAndre, there was a market, I think, for different teams. I know um, Howie Roseman talked about, well, that deal was not the deal that they were – the deal they got with Arizona was not the one that they were talking with us about in Philadelphia. So, again, I don't know exactly what the market would be for DeAndre Hopkins, but the feeling in Houston across the board is they didn't get enough. But when I look at it this way, Sal, 
taking the Cooks trade into account, they traded Hopkins in the 57th pick for David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, the 40th pick in the draft, and two future fourth-rounders. Now, it's not perfect, but it does, when you put it all together, like, okay, I can start to see that there's at least thought on what they're doing. They're not just haphazardly, oh, I'm trading Hopkins because I don't like him sort of thing. Do you, was there, I think that, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was to say, do you was no, there was there any chance they were going to trade him in the conference? Because there were rumors that New England might have been no. in. I mean, we don't know if the Bills were in or not. They got digs. I want to get to that in a minute. But was there any chance he could have gone anywhere in the conference? I don't think so, Sal. I think they looked at. My guess is, if it would have been Cleveland or a Cincinnati, maybe. If it would have been the Jets, you know, maybe. But if they felt like it was a team that they would be maybe in playoff contention right. with. Like, I don't think they would have truly engaged with Buffalo on Hop, knowing that, okay, in that playoff game, you know, Hop, Hop was a difference maker in that game. We give him the Buffalo. We got to face Buffalo. Okay, that can be tough. I feel like with these trades, they realize that these players still are good players, and they really would not want to face them. And we've had three significant trades in the last three years, mm-hmm. Dwayne Brown, Jadeveon Clowney, and DeAndre Hopkins, and they all ended up in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe they maybe they would have in the conference, but my gut tells me that they would they were trying to get them as far from the AFC uh, as possible, and so those three players ended up on the NFC West. So I don't honestly believe that they would have considered in the conference. I think they've got good relationships with John Schneider up in Seattle, uh, with um, with High Roseman in Philadelphia. I felt like they've got some good relationships and discussions over the years. That they have places that they could have, they could have parked those players if that makes sense. Right. Um, so I don't think they would have traded him in conference. No. Okay. So then the Bills go out and they get Stefan Diggs. I'm just looking over his career game log. He did play the Texans uh, one time. It looks like here. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was that was not that was? Uh, did you guys wait a minute? Houston. I'm looking at the wrong team here. I don't know if you guys have played. I have to go and look at his game logs. But what do you think about Diggs? Buffalo after what you saw with the Bills and did the Bills give up too much or the right value for Stephon Diggs? Well, we played uh, Minnesota in 16, but the irony of playing Minnesota in 16, I I don't remember Stephon Diggs in that game, but I do remember this third string wide receiver that kept roasting our corners. I'm like, who in the hell is this Thielen guy? (laughs) Why is Adam Thielen tearing us a new one today? And that was just the beginning um, because Sam Bradford that day threw to Adam Thielen all day long. I don't remember if Diggs played that. I, I don't think he did. Diggs that's why That's why the Texans aren't coming up in his game log. He played that year against the uh, Titans, but not the Texans. Maybe he was hurt or something. But, you know, you've seen Diggs play. You saw the Bills play up close yeah. and what you know, how close they were to beating the Texans. What do you think about Diggs in the Buffalo fit? Well, I think if Diggs is there, I don't think we win that game. Uh, I can tell you that. I feel like Diggs would have been a guy that Josh Allen could have thrown the football to when he needed to settle things down. And he could have relied on Diggs in that second half. And it, it wouldn't have, it didn't have to be a 20 yard, you know, in cut. You know, it could have just been, you know, RPO slant, hit Diggs, catches it, runs through a tackle or first down. And, and that's really what Josh needed to be able to do in that second half against us was just kind of slow, 
slow slow our role down. And I think a guy like Diggs would have would have been able to do that. And look, flip them reverse. We're in a jet sweep. And look, between Diggs and, and kind of the way that we look at our team now with Brandon Cooks, yeah, I look at Smoke Brown and, and Diggs together and I'm like, oh right. boy. Right. Uh they've got some opportunities to do some different things with those guys. You know, and, and we did this and we've done this with our receivers, you know, using orbit motion and you know, one guy's going to orbit motion, he just swings out of the backfield. You know, that's an automatic swing route. All of a sudden, it can be a deep route for the other guy. Um, you know, we did that at Seattle in 2017. We brought our slot guy in motion, and it looked like it was going to be a flip out to Bruce Ellington and Will Fuller smoking Earl Thomas over the middle, or middle of the field uh, for a touchdown on the first drive against Seattle. So there are some different things you can do once you've got guys with some serious jets and some speed. So I, I think it changes things for Josh significantly it reduces the margin for error and then when you put digs and smoke with with uh beasley and i think that's the that's the one that i i I still kind of i go back to a little bit i think that in the second half again in our game i think beasley would have hurt us Mm -hmm. i really feel like beasley would have gotten to us um i felt like that was probably a game in the second half where a key throw to a big you know a, a number one receiver they got a key first down to move the stick. But Beasley and Devin Singletary, like we couldn't tackle Devin Singletary. But if they could have mixed in digs with Beasley and Singletary in that second half, you guys just scored 30. And, you know, there's no telling if, if we get beat by a couple touchdowns at home that we've got the same leadership structure in our building right now um, because of the way we lost the playoff game before. But now you put digs with Beasley, with Smoke, with Singletary – and you got Dawson Knox, so I think can still be a weapon uh, and can be a significant weapon for the Bills in the future. Now you've given Josh the weapons such that you can't, you know, not that Josh makes excuses, but he can't say, well, I don't have anybody around me. Well, okay, now you do. And I think Josh is going to make teams pay. I think the Bills, to me, are clearly, clearly the best overall team uh, in the AFC East, and the Patriots are like, oh, you know, we got Stidham, he'll be fine. Oh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> well, then, Brian, no, 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 good, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, I think the Bills are clearly the class of that division. Um, I think the Dolphins are going to be better. I think the Jets will be better, and everybody will feel like, you know, they've got hope. But to me, everybody's looking up at the Bills uh, and adding digs to it. Look, the question of did they give up too much? You know, at, at 13, could you have gotten a young wide receiver? Sure. But here's the thing, and I know, I know Steph's going to have to learn this offense, but he's a vet. You know, you can say certain things to a vet. Hey, do this, and he'll do it. Maybe he doesn't know the full play, but hey, run this route, or do this, or if they're in this, do this. All of a sudden, you're going to draft a rookie at 13, a receiver, and he's going to have no OTAs or mini camps to learn his offense? Right. I mean, you're pretty much not going to have anything, Sal. So from that perspective, I think it's going to end up working out well for Diggs and the Bills, and most importantly, for Josh Allen. Before I let you go, uh, a couple more minutes left. John Harris here. He is the silent reporter for the Houston Texans, Texans Radio Network. Great conversation. I appreciate it, brother, you doing this. Uh, before I let you go, a couple non-football things. Number one, this horse contest is coming up on Sunday. I've been asking people today, what is your go-to horse move, John? If you're playing horse, you know, with your family, your friends, you're playing horse, what's your go-to horse shot? Okay, I've got I got a crazy one. All right. I've got, I've got, I've got really big hands. So what I do is I cup the ball. It, with my hand to my wrist, and I basically reverse flick it backwards with some English off the glass. It's my go-to horse wow. shot at all times. Nobody's ever been able to make it because they can't. They, first of all, they can't hold it. 
and I just have such big hands I can just kind of spin it backwards, and nobody's ever gotten a, nobody's ever made that shot. That's like if I got if I have H O R S on you, I can knock you out with that shot. That is that is my go to at all time shot. Now I can only do it my right hand, but it's a, it's a go to. I never miss it. All right, and uh, don't hang up on me uh, when I ask you this because we're friends. But from a Yankee fan to an Astro fan, what is going on, brother? All right, that's all I needed to say. What is going on? I, I can't hear you. I've got the 2017 <laughs> World Series championship ring in my ears. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Uh, okay, wait a second. Hold up. Hold up. Because I know you've got Yankee fans out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you do. And you probably don't have many Astros fans. If you Yankees fans believe that the Astros team was the only team in the league, including yours, that was cheating, then I've got riverfront property for you to buy right now in the middle of the city of Houston. Come on, I've got you. Seriously. There were some rumors about me. there were rumors about Glaber Torres, I mean, I think last year too, after all this came out. Heck yeah. Exactly. So give me that nonsense. Look, <laughs> everybody was cheating. I'm not gonna say that that's right um, at all. But everybody was cheating and I'll say this last thing. Yankee fans going after Jose Altuve. Watch it. Watch it. Jose of anybody of anybody on that squad, straight up going to do it himself. Jose Altuve was that guy. And by the way, Sal, I don't know if you've ever seen Jose or been to a game, the Astros. No. He came and did one of our pregame uh, interviews mm-hmm. with us. Sal, your son's taller than he is. <laughs> I, 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 it's, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you see the pictures of him next to Aaron Judge, and it just looks like it's photoshopped. He, I, he's the smallest athlete I've ever seen in my life, and yet he might go down as the greatest Houston baseball player one of the greatest athletes in the city of Houston we've ever seen. And I can promise you, I can promise you, that guy wasn't. Other guys, maybe. That I can, guy, he's you, on the up and up. You're saying I could buy Max a game-worn Jose Altuve jersey and it would fit him properly. Yeah, it might actually be <laughs> snug. It might be, it might be like an extra, extra medium. Yeah, you know, uh, it might be snug. Hey, buddy. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this today. You know I love you, man. I can't wait to see you again when football resumes in some way, shape, or form. Can't wait to be sending those texts every uh, weekend saying, hey, good luck in your game today, good luck on your broadcast, but thanks for doing this today. You got it, brother, man. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon, Sal. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.